0: So, hello to all near and far. This is the Concerned Citizens of the Universe podcast. I'm your host Steve Nahai, author and American rambler. It's February, which means it's still cold in Berlin, but we are warm in our favorite Neukölln enclave. Keith Bar, recording live on set on pub, and in front of me is a group of very good-looking individuals who are primed to lend their voices for tonight's teed up valentine's day theme, love.
1: Oh, he wow, says
0: it too, he <laughs> <laughs> says it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love made love so As much as my inner teenager wants to leave it at that, we do have a more serious subtitle, love, heart of the matter. So for those of you listening for the first time, a short preface we are a spontaneous community podcast focused on deconstructing broad topics to evoke imaginative insights. Now, we do this as a collective of amateurs rather than experts or sole expert. And to that extent, we are the anti-podcast, celebrating experimentation and independent thought. That being said, let's find out who these amateurs are with a round of introductions.
2: I'm Saravina. I'm Nate. Hi, I'm Silvana.
3: Hi, I'm Vero. Hi, I'm
1: Maria. Hey, I'm Chris. Hey, I'm Naniso. Uh, I'm Cam.
4: Hey, I'm Olya. I'm Kibbs.
0: (laughs) So, the word love for most people probably conjures an image of two individuals embracing a family gathered for dinner or intense passion. I love wine. Uh, Our first clear images of love come from parents or Disney movies where love is depicted as rosy cheeks or a basketball-sized heart boomeranging through an elastic chest, unbridled euphoria. Other images might come from advertising. As a largely consumerist culture, Western society is inundated with products and services promising love or what feels like love. And a marketing agency's employment of love is hardly limited. Just the other day, I saw a graphic of two people kissing on a package of pumpernickel bread.
1: Did <laughs> you
5: like. buy
0: that bread? I didn't buy that bread. I'm more of a rye guy. I <laughs> will. Um, so, love, when used as a promotional tool and portrayed via fairy tales, strikes me as something more along the lines of happiness and transient emotion. But the complexity suggested by countless discussions research and divorce cases implies a labyrinth fit for the most inquisitive souls. Speaking of souls, what's to be said for spiritual notions of love? God's key attribute in Christianity. God is love. God so loved the world. And in Buddhism, love, the composite of kindness, joy, and compassion. Hinduism, again, God is love. Islam, love for God and God's creatures. If God is love and love is deemed paramount regardless of religion, then it would seem critical in today's tumultuous climate to examine it through and through, which is precisely what we'll do in today's episode, "Love, Heart of the Matter." So let's begin at that very core. What are religious texts and leaders referring to when they speak about love so profoundly?
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow! Oh, that's how when so you we're starting it. with the yeah. mic drop. When you. Talk <laughs> 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 yeah.
6: When you talk religion, we're gonna you're gonna go uh, deep and ethereal and and uh, and in a sense of knowing and in a sense of uh, sympathy and peace, right? All of these things can be covered. I, I, one of the first things when I heard that I was gonna be here and talk about this is that love has to have so many, as many meanings as the word say set in English and the dictionary because there's just so many ways of loving it and, and knowing and understanding. Um, and, and sympathizing, and uh, and when people talk about, in the context of religion, and there's, there's going to be something higher, there's going to be something moral, there's going to be something... And certainly, I think one of the things that religion offers people in general is peace.
4: Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Well, I think one of the other things to keep in mind when it comes to religion as well is that at least with certain religions, that God is the holder of love, mm. and it's something that is external from you. So it's mm. something that you are always trying to achieve or reach up to, but it's not necessarily yours mm. to um, to have, to hold, and to give. In all religions? No, that's why I said some religions. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but yeah, with regards to some religions, that it's not something. It's something external. And I think that causes a lot of conflict for some individuals when you realize, like, well, what about the concept of self-love? What about familial love? What about love within different structures or hierarchies?
7: If, if I may bring a parallel, which is that um, I've always believed that religion is a leap of faith. By that logic, I also feel love is a leap of faith in some instances, because you often dive into something not knowing the eventuality of it, not knowing, not knowing the certainty of it, which is mm-hmm. pretty much what religion is as well, in some, in some form or the other. And,
8: I actually had a personal experience like that. I um I'm not a religious person. Well, I um, thought you were gonna say a
1: love experience. I, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a personal experience of
8: love. No, it's a a personal experience of love. No, uh, in this kind of religious context where I'm not a religious person, and so I found it kind of um, difficult uh, to connect with this feeling of worldly spiritual love of connecting to a love much greater than your own human self. That's not something scientific language can explain to you. Um, and there was this kind of, um, kind of ironic internet rap artist uh, little B, and he kind of inspired uh, me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I remember It's a really long story, but effectively it gave me a m- m- mode or a method uh, through which I could let go of my um, uh, barriers and f- effectively I hugged a tree and cried, and that was just so taken by how beautiful the world is. And that feeling of connecting to something greater is something I think religion gives you. And it's really beautiful.
6: Transcendence.
3: Yeah, transcendence is a good word because I was just thinking as you were saying this, how we've actually become, as we have become less religious in the last couple of generations, we've also appropriated the this idea of, of universal love and of unconditional love to the human realm and how now you expect to get that sense of transcendence and, and compassion and, um, and that universal um, support, understanding and love and merging and connection with the divine. And you expect all of that from one person or you expect that from the circle of people around <laughs> you. You expect that sense of communion and transcendence from the very human realm where you're living because you are disconnected. Is, is it possible to,
6: to enjoy love as an expectation?
3: Well, yeah, there is a lot of expectation in love that's, that's inevitable because there's a lot of comparison in love and because there's a lot of experience that you're building up as you go and there's a lot of, um, there's an inbuilt expectation which is when you were, when, when your first ideas of love were formed probably early in your childhood that's what, like inherently, you understand as love, and that's not anywhere close to the universal. Like, what love means to me is not what love means to somebody else. So,
6: so if I could just quickly ask from people, uh, if love's made
7: or found, or is it something that we can actually expect? I've always believed that um, love comes only as a consequence of effort. And if I have to extrapolate that logic, I would say love is made, it's not necessarily have to be found. If two people are willing to put the effort and the time, you can often find love in places where it never would have possibly existed. And it just you know, it depends on the people and the time.
5: It? I don't think it's made in, in such a way that, I, I think that if there's anywhere where there's human relations and they can exist for some amount of time, there's going to be love. Like if, if there's like humans have to live in families or communities of some kind, and if, if they do that, there's going to be love there
4: inevitably. I think. I'd
2: I add
4: something as well, I feel like when it comes to love and the um, like, love being finite or love being this, I think at least my perspective of love is it's very similar to energy, and that energy is constantly being recycled, right? So the only things or beings that can technically create new energy are exploding stars. So I feel like love similar to that is constantly recycled. In, in in addition to that, consumable. So some people consume more love than others. Some people recycle more than others. But when it comes down to it, I don't think love is this thing that just appears out of nowhere and it's so fresh and it's never happened. Like it's there, but I think it is up to the individual. Um, or the family or the, the group to decide, okay, well, then we will choose to bring this much love or absorb this much love or consume this much or give back this much.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I would like to say something. Uh, Kips, I love you, man. Um, I know... What? 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 Oh, <laughs> podcast over. <laughs> sorry, oh, I, 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 I know, know that man. whatever happens in this podcast, I still time, love you, but you know, know. Kips. <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, uh, um, I find that there's this uh, phrase I remember that uh, the closer one gets to God, the further wa- one is from God. You know, the closer one gets to saying his name, the further one c- goes to God. And in the sense, I find that the word love is similar in the sense that the more I use or the more I, I employ the word love or I, I picture it, the further away I get from love in the sense that there is this, what we're told, this Disney-fied version of love. And the more I... I fixate upon that the further away I get from the truth of it well
8: actually um, that's interesting I was going to ask um, what, what we think about the, the process in which we either tap into or create uh, or however it is that we kind of experience love because Marriott raised the point of kind of love existing wherever communities exist but I think depending on the type of community a type of group of people. They're going to be experiencing a different kind of love. A religious community is going to be tapping into a worldly or heavenly kind of feeling, a very real feeling. And that would be totally different compared to, let's say, an atheist couple. Maybe their expectations might even be the same. The couple might expect that their partner will allow them to tap into some worldly perception. But maybe there's disappointment
6: to be found when you realize... You can't do that. Uh, an atheist, certainly can find an atheist certainly can find worldly love and transcendence, uh, just not necessarily through a uh, religious paradigm of, uh, uh, let's say, an image, an idol, an idol or something. That that, that but uh, but atheist certainly can can feel a connection, as someone said about hugging a tree, and crying. Just the the idea of connection. Is, uh, is certainly an experience to be had by all of, the, all of us who have no faith and, and, uh, and do not make this very well put, very leap of faith that, that people make uh, uh, that, um, when, they, when they do love, truly. I, I, I believe that the whole process is exactly that, a process. And not, nothing concrete, nothing to be pictured, as Nietzsche says, but an experience to be had. I'm a big Maslowist, so there's the Maslow Pyramid, and I think love is in there. Uh, in its connection and it's it's actually lower than self-realization on the pyramid which is really interesting I don't know if anybody else has any uh, other ideas about how love can aid and abet our self-realization
5: versus well
9: well, why you know why does it have to I've kind of lost, I've been waiting to talk for so long now, but
1: like, <laughs> oh. Take a notebook! Man. <laughs> uh,
9: <laughs> I was just like, okay, well, if love is connection, then why do some members of the animal kingdom make for life? We don't do that. Why, if love is attraction, why is the earth attached around the sun and the moon attached around the earth? You know, if we're gonna go On a you know onto a religious spectrum, why can't we go onto a more stellar spectrum of love and transcend into a different almost dimension? Uh, If we can only understand one plane that we're working in, then maybe love is something that we don't we can never understand uh, in Mm. the 3D, and it deserves more. (laughs) Um,
8: Which is where I think art comes in, you know, literature, music, uh, or religious texts. I think it's something that our scientific language in my opinion it just can't get. It might be able to describe and like log the phenomenon of it, but you'll never in my my, my opinion you'll never experience love scientifically.
9: I didn't no I didn't say no, I, 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 I don't have to agree, agree with you. Right? To oh words. yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> but like, what 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 separates it out is what I'm asking. Like, okay, this is love, and this is just a gravitational force or something, or like this is just nature doing its thing. When in reality, are they not all the same? Are they not all connected? And in that sense, we should all really care about the planet more. <laughs> 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 does does true? does love exist
7: without people? That's the thing, it,
9: technically no, it, love is a word, wouldn't, and therefore, what what we've defined the love, then why can't it exist, but theoretically, in terms of written down, it's not invented, so therefore, so it's it, the word, it, exactly, yeah. yeah, so it's one of those, this is my perspective of this conversation so far. <laughs> well, I
4: mean, and a lot of it has to do with how you define love, right, yeah, exactly. like if love for you is cohesion, then... Yeah, it would exist without humans, because other things in the universe would have to be cohesive in order to work together with the examples that you were saying. So I think a lot of it also has to do with how you define it and what your perspective of it is, too. But
6: love is not cohesion, because it's a different word.
4: But, but it depa- If all can... of love
6: were all of cohesion, then the word love would not exist. I
4: mean, part of our use of the word love is the fact that we have to attribute some kind of word to a thing that we all kind of somewhat understand in some capacity. Or but crave. That we need to... Exactly, but so, so then we just use it. this yeah. word, yeah. right? Yeah. But I mean, but it's been proven for. time and time again. If you just ask someone, what is love to you? I, chances are everybody will have a slightly different answer. Yeah, Absolutely. So that's also interesting that we use the same word to describe very very different perspectives yeah. it's almost I wouldn't say well interesting. In I would
9: say tragic <laughs> It's, it's almost already a new-speak limiting
1: yeah. vocabulary for one definitive
4: thing. Yeah, you, you love love? Yeah, you
1: double-love? Yeah. Do we feel that um, the love is like a catch-all word? I, you know,
8: it, it catches a lot, but I feel like there's connection between everything it catches. You know, but it's like it, it's all quite a happy, powerful sort of feeling. You know, it's uh, it's like um, you're gonna break into song.
5: Love is oh, sorry, all. <laughs> I'm ready.
8: Just, just, it.
1: Oh no! no, no, no. <laughs> no nothing. I just
5: wanted to say, like, all words are, are catch words. Any word that's like a good trying to denote like a, a big concept it is like by definition it's, it's limiting like it's language you know it's it's putting something into like something that we can we can communicate with and we can we can play with the concept of it because it's in language but it's of course it's like anything like that is like, a catch in a way
2: i think that actually when you're looking at the use of the word love you have two different ways to look at it you have it as a noun and as a verb and then you can also you know, say loving and, and lovely and things like that, but if you're just looking at the noun and the verb, you can think about it in a way that is kind of scientific, in that if you focus on love as something similar to cohesion, but you're looking at it being an innate cohesion where you find that two things are moving into each other's rhythm, so they fit together well. We have this kind of thing of, well, we're just a great fit, we suit each other, that kind of thing. You can also look at that, as being well, okay, this is this is how nature works and this um, operation of recycling in nature. So you know, tree leaves from trees being mulched back down into the earth, you can see that as a loving action because it feeds into the way that the natural processes work. And so this if you look at it as energy cycling, that is a very efficient way of energy cycling. And personally, because you know, coming from a polyamorous background. You have to be really frickin' aware of how you energy cycle with other people (laughs) and be on their, you know, wavelength. Um, And so for me, I think I do see love in this slightly... Um, scientific way, because I'm trying to get the most cohesion and the most comfort and passion, this balance between being comfortable with people and falling into their comfort zone, as well as bringing them out slightly so that you can get those more passionate moments. And so for me, because when you look at people en masse, it is kind of like a science experiment. So it's kind of the social science experiment. So to me, you can kind of bring all these elements together into the verb loving so to make that kind of like scientific look at things and say okay well to be the most loving is to do this in order to make everyone comfortable and also feel impassioned by this but also have the noun as the sum of the result so you are resulting in love um, but that's kind of the way that I see it does, does love
6: ultimately describe uh, an interaction between two things or two people or is there a sense of love uh, without necessarily, so say through an observation. So uh, I sometimes sense sense a very heavy feeling that borders on the feelings that I feel towards seeing people that I love, but just by being in a very sacred state. Does anybody have any input on how love can exist without relationships, just so that we can delve into how how it
3: exists yeah i wanted to say i think we've got a little bit abstract and, and a little bit philosophical and scientific about love which <laughs> is good I wanna, which is amazing <laughs> quite a start <laughs> to live up to but then i want to ground it just a little bit and say that to me love and the, the reason why love has become such a blanket term as a, as a term is that it corresponds to a very prominent human need and that's the need for belonging and the need for connection. Um, And a little bit the need for pleasure, maybe, and the pleasure derived from connection and belonging. But um, that sense of, like that need for meaning that is derived from belonging to a whole. And in that sense, yes, I think love can exist without an an outside of a relationship or of an interaction with another thing because it is a need, it's it's inherent and it starts with the individual and the need of the individual to find a place to fit in, to find another individual to fit with um, and into and yeah, I think love can even exist in a vacuum. It will be a very sad and uh, lonely place, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It That's is a, a real question. question. That's <laughs> a real
8: question. Please, please listen to this. I really like what you said about um, it being a need, because there's this interesting thing about, um, like, when you <laughs> when you observe some, like, human behavior from, like, a sociological standpoint, um, I feel like we kind of approach it as like, this is what humans do. And I, as the intelligent person, can observe these, you know, these people doing their things because they don't know any better. And that's how I've like, lived my life for a lot of my life. You know, since I was like a kid, I was always like, look at all these people going about their friendships and other things on Playground. <laughs> I'm a transcended human, have no friends. And I, and I see how futile all of that is. But then, you know, and I kind of have this approach. Like when I write, when I think, until I fell in love. And then it was just, all that went out the window. Are
9: right. like, oh, you out of love? <laughs> right. yeah, yes. Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> the optimistic ramblings <laughs> <laughs> of a man in love right now.
6: <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, isn't isn't it interesting? Then, yes. <laughs> it's a different podcast. <laughs>
8: become the most irrational yeah. um, you and know, th- idiot <laughs> and that's
3: the whole point, that's what we all become and I think this is the interesting thing about it that it's and that's why I say it's a, it's a need that connects all of us and that is inherently human and that you can try to think in and rationalize it away but it is still there
4: But I would also like to interject with this is, I know that we're trying to stay away from the philosophy, but when it comes down to it, part of the other thing that we have to acknowledge about love is that our brain chemistry changes. The reason why love feels good, the reason why we seek out community, the reason why we're social creatures is because of endorphins and
3: oxytocin. And because so, we we're rigged to procreate.
4: Also because of those things. Like, if, if having sex didn't feel good, we wouldn't have this release of oxytocin and endorphins in our brain going, yeah, it feels good, doesn't it? Like, So, so that's also part of, I think, what we need to keep in mind is, as much as we want to talk about like, the theory behind love and this kind of stuff, when it comes down to it, you feel crazy because your brain is being flooded with all of these different hormones right now. And that's also why, for example, on the other side of this, people go through different stages of love where they have infatuation and then all of a sudden it kind of dies down a little bit. It's because your brain cannot sustain this level of hormone flooding, so then it it tries to curb it down. So part of my I, I just wanted to interject with that when it comes to like love and what it feels like like is scientifically we know exactly what it is. Yeah. But then the next part of the question is, then why does it keep going? And how why is it that after this like loss Of this high, we still feel connected and love for this person if we don't have the same level of high anymore.
3: I, I mean, I I have no answer to this.
2: (laughs) Association.
3: (laughs) Association Association
6: and nostalgia. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, all right. So if we're gonna go towards the the concept of, of romantic love, I've always found this to be a really interesting. So different people approach this completely differently. Like a lot of people, as, as one comedian said, consider falling in love as this situation that they've fallen into by accident. And it's a little bit like they're stuck now. And some people consider falling in love to be just a boon to their existence. And uh, and, and people live, live this experience individually. But what leaves us with a longing for more is in some cases, in the case of the falling in love and getting stuck, it's this uh, high and uh, withdrawal, high and withdrawal, high and withdrawal feeling. And for others of us who are, are much more into feeling of being empowered, it's whenever it's gone, feel we have a sense of nostalgia. The longing is also empowering. It's the kind of empowering that you, you you get as having, you know, it's not. You don't feel bad about it. It's like it's gonna come back, and that's what makes me want to wake up in the morning. So there's, a, it's, a, it's individual, but in, a, in any event, the the effect is from going into it and coming out of it. I think that's that's a very interesting way
4: to approach it. So, so it's pretty much, which kind of drug addict are you? I, oh, if wow. you want to take it there, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I I know.
3: Know. aren't we all drug addicts? Speaking
9: love. <laughs> 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 No, like, <laughs> <laughs> Now we
3: grounded the substance. Now we've grounded it. So we grounded Another one of life. those chemicals, man. <laughs>
2: nah, <it's tough. laughs>
7: the thing is, um, when I wish my friends who are getting married or who are getting in a relationship for the first time, I often tell them that, okay, I wish that um, you love each other a little more than yesterday, but always a little less than tomorrow. When I say that, I always mean that drug, oh, sorry, I mean, a love cannot be like a drug.
1: <laughs> <No>.
7: <laughs> the MDM made <got> up to me. <laughs> so a lot yeah. of words,
4: yes. right?
7: So you can't necessarily call love a drug because that implies a high and a low. But love implies consistency, according to me, and you will always find new reasons to fall in love with the people that you really care about. Mm-hmm. The connection exists because you connect at a transcendent level. You don't connect because of a high. And then mm-hmm. that transcendent level is what keeps you going on the days when you don't have that high. And I think that's the reason why people can continue to remain in love for longer periods of time, even if the high is not yeah. there. But yeah, yeah, that
5: that's a similar point, but that's what also I was gonna say, um, regarding your point about it's, you, you get into a thing and it's um, brain chemicals and like we can know exactly what it, well, we kind of know exactly what it is because of like biological chemistry stuff but the, I think the reason that people stay in like a longer relationship is it's because they get a deeper connection mm-hmm. and there's definitely still like chemical stuff going on there but it's like a different it, it must be some different chemical process you know yeah, yeah but it's it's like you have the high and then it is a you could also see it as a, as a transcendent thing or something it the, the difference is you have the high connection at the beginning but then it, it kind of like deeper
3: connection.
5: In a longer thing. Yeah.
3: Mm, I want to go back to the evolutionary theory and neuroscience and just add on to this, although I do agree with all of it, um, of, of what you said, but I think it also comes down to just fitting in within, we are social animals, so fitting in within our community, within a couple, within, we are wired to be connected to other people, we cannot survive on our own, like emotionally, yeah technically we can, but it's also about the sense of like what gives us happiness and pleasure, and what gives us happiness is proven to be human relationships, and the relationships we've built is what make people happy, and the, the, the fact that that's what makes you happy is giving you meaning and purpose and so I mean it's just because of the way we were we evolved and because we're adaptable and we need to live within a s- socium then we just need to sustain relationships and not just you
8: know. So to kind of synthesize the last two points, we say something like um, the fact that the, the, the initial falling in love is this really big sort of high, like it's kind of like an evolutionarily developed you know big like whoa you know crazy chemical reaction kind of thing which then serves as a foundation for what comes the the secondary need which is to belong with a couple Mm -hmm. kind of thing um but then also i'd like to say as well that i think that in acknowledging that um you can acknowledge that from a really scientific kind of perspective like we're doing right now but that scientific perspective still leaves you kind of screwed if you don't talk about it in a human perspective which involves like in my opinion art literature uh you know relationship counseling you know what I mean? like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like talking this about your emotions like yeah like right mess. exactly uh, you know poetry <laughs> yes. and whatever you know what i mean like um there's like there's like this ability i think but this trap we can fall into where we kind of neglect oh, yeah. talking about things artistically uh, and, and fluidly and weirdly
7: um, if I may make uh, one t- any point on this, it's that we often speak about love and it's not a hype because people should stop falling in love. People should learn how to stand in love.
1: When you're standing oh. in love. In love. Oh. When
7: you stand in love with somebody
1: else. What are that? you doing on Valentine's <laughs> night? <laughs> yeah. huh? You better all have a date. You better have a date.
9: Is I am
5: available. available. Standing.
9: <laughs> I just want yeah. so to say, say one word. <laughs>
5: like, what's the movement into it? Like, kitchen you table. Have, <laughs> you're, <laughs> loaded, <laughs> you're standing in it. But like how do you get to that position? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm just trying to do your I, most, Like go with your
7: best point. Fair, most fair enough. Fair enough. But then um, I would like to say that perhaps falling in love is the first step. But then you can't keep hoping to fall in love every day and all the time. Once you fall in love, you need to stand in love. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
9: But what, okay, what, what what do you say about you know you're walking down the street and you see someone you find attractive or that someone that you think looks really cool? Like I've always said that I fall in love with that person for a moment, you know, mm-hmm.
7: which is obviously like. Yeah. quite nice I, com- <laughs> I, think, I completely yeah. agree with you because I yeah. can empathize it I have also done the same many yeah. times yeah. I fall in love very quickly but then I also believe that me falling in love is one thing but then me standing in love with some person has not happened as much as I'd like to and yeah. uh, that's the next part of it so you can fall in love with anyone and that goes back to the first thing Nanisa was mentioning love as a catch-all phrase love has always been unconditional so love is a catch-all phrase but then the the word but That is a mankind phrase. So you say, I love everyone, but, and when that enters, you put conditions, and that's when boundaries to love occur, and that's when I would like to say that. I I
9: like standing in love. What it says to me is that it's like a slow burner. So you know, it's the creep. You know, creeps up in you, and then it's there at the plateau (laughs) for a long time, which is like any good addiction. You know, take it slow. (laughs) uh, Yes, you are. Understand falling in love. Falling in love is kind of you know. Like a feeling in your gut, like we, and then up, and then you go yes. up, and then, to, then quote go back down you, eventually,
7: to quote so. what you just said, Cam, it's a good addiction. It's a, yeah. It's standing so, in love is a healthy like addiction. exercise,
0: yeah. All right, all right. All right. Oh, I'm gonna love using that. <laughs> so, okay, let's let's rewind a few thousand years. Seemingly to make life easier, the ancient Greeks categorized love by using seven words to define separate states of it. There's storge, natural affection, philia, friendship, eros, sexual and erotica, agape, unconditional divine love, ludus, flirting, pragma, committed married love, or philaltia, self-love. Might it be beneficial to think of love separated in these ways? What's to be said for the way that the ancient Greeks handled love? They just handled most things better. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely.
9: Um, I, don't, I can't say I have an extensive knowledge on ancient Greek culture. However, their definition of the word argument I find very interesting. The Greeks said that an argument was a discussion which ended in a resolution, which I think, as a modern society, we barely do when we use the term argument, um, and there's one really nice thing about the Greeks, but uh, as to the love point, um, of course, dividing up, we said earlier that, um, yeah. you know, it's a very all-encompassing term and it shouldn't necessarily uh, encompass everything at once. And we we overuse that term so uh, way too much. Even in a relationship, I love you, I love you. And she's like, okay, by the end of, well, at least in my experience as, experience as a single man now, uh, <laughs> 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 be, <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, it's been overused. It's been overused and the meaning and the weight behind it has been diminished. So I think the Greeks had so it So you, are you
4: saying like we should bring it Back Like, yo, I copy you. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Stuff like that.
9: Nice. How have, have definitive <laughs> types that we actually use like, yeah. you know, because I'd be like to a, to a mate, I'd be like, ah, oh, fucking buck, love you, bro, or like, love you, <laughs> but I was saying the same thing to yeah. a, a girlfriend, really, or, you know, all the time, or my parents, or right. sister, even though know, it's very
0: all, all, all that is very difficult. Are we diminishing the effectiveness of love as a casual, yeah. all-encompassing, airtight, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I think it comes back, it ties back to what we said earlier about expectations. It's all about managing expectations. It's not that all these things are not love. It's about how do we realistically, um, what what do we realistically expect and want to have in our lives as love? And what are the different places that we can get it from? Um, and that's not necessarily this one Amazing um, um, soulmate—that yeah. is the romantic idea of love that has kind of bubbled on the surface and in the public space in the last uh, years, which is not a healthy, a healthy way of seeing it. That you can get everything from one person, and that love is just one kind, one legitimate kind. There are many kinds of love. Well, mm-hmm. well I think
4: I think the getting all the love from one person is also, I would say, a very Westernized notion as well, right? Yeah. Versus, for example, in other cultures. That would be weird. Like to only get all your love from one person would be strange. Like that makes no sense. How could that one person possibly fulfill, as the Greeks identified, all of these different types of love or roles? So I think part of it also has to do with culture and context. Mm
8: -hmm. Um, I think there's uh, the the thing with um. um, I really like the expectation point, and also talking about cultures and how different cultures. define love. It I don't think it has to just be a language thing, like the Greeks separated it into seven different types. I think we can have because language is really difficult to change, right? I mean you know we can like we can we can agree around this table like alright this will start using Greek terms but I don't think my mates are gonna take off with that, right? <laughs> you <know>? But emojis <laughs> on the other hand. <laughs> there we go you my mind. But I think that uh, what we can manage uh, is expectations Uh, and our kind of uh, language doesn't change as much. Maybe we can change our expectations so, you know, when that initial euphoric falling in love high wears off, we don't find ourselves very disappointed. We say, oh, I know this happens. That's okay. Maybe, you know, if you find sexual attraction to another person, we can say, oh, you know, I know this happens. Maybe I'm a bit more prepared as to what I'm going to do about that now, and I can talk about my partner. He's not going to freak out and say, "Do you not love me anymore?"
1: Yeah.
7: No,
8: I do. But you know.
7: So, you mentioning about how I love you or the words I love you are overly used, and how you need to have you know certain the gravity behind it is missing these days, and you need to have nuance in language. Um, I have a funny story and perhaps an eight-line song if you would indulge me later on. But then.
0: (laughs) Um, Yay! I will dance. Is this this story time? (laughs) You have something. This, This.
7: <laughs> yeah. Go to it. Go okay to it, okay cool then you want to okay, I say
3: so.
2: again. <laughs> I love the magic of
7: so um, this may or may not have happened to me I'm not confirming neither denying <laughs> but then um, we always <laughs> we the anyway. okay. So um, the German <laughs> language is very peculiar because I have learned recently that uh, it has two kinds of I love yous and ich is something that you would say to your partner who you often re- link romantically but then when you say, Habdish Leib, which means I have love for you, you often relate it to a brother or a friend or a, a non-sexual partner of the course. So um, I was chatting up, and not confirming, neither but then <laughs> <laughs> Somebody. Yes, somebody. Okay, yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's happened to me. but yeah, I was chatting up this woman who was really interested in her, and at, at one point of time, she sent me a very long message, and at the end of it, it said, um, I miss you very much, and Habdish Leib. And I put it on Google, and Google said, I love you. And in my head, I was like, fuck, yeah, man. (laughs) This is it. My My days have arrived. I know, I know. And then I asked my German friend, saying, "Bro, she just told me I love you. And they're like, what's really? So I sent him a screenshot of that message. And then he's like, I'll tell you what. (laughs) um, I'll just sing the song so you probably know what it means. So it's like, um, the song was like... I thought she said I love you, but she said haptisch lieb. (laughs) While Google says it means the same, the Germans
1: disagree.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Cause when I say I love you, I hope you'll marry me. But when she told me haptisch lieb, she meant your brother to me.
1: I need this album. <laughs> we need, more. We need more words for
7: love, absolutely. So I shot down all the butterflies that flew inside my heart. Oh. Picked the pieces back together and went right back to the start. <laughs> so next time I say I love you, I hope you'll marry me. Because I don't want another girl saying hop this leap to me.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah.
1: Ah.
7: Can you confirm or deny whether or not you wrote that? Oh, I did
1: write that. So, so, once again, I ask, what are you doing next Friday?
2: (laughs) I'm going to jump in on this point um, in regards to ancient Greek and in regards to what you're saying. So uh yeah like the ancient greeks did split up the word into lots of different types of love but they also had the word philos which just had the overarching use of the word so that's where the things like philosophy comes in it literally translates to the love of knowledge and so i actually think that to avoid circumstances where you have someone who's you know saying rather um, than I prefer to look at things with the overarching view of love and I try to um, treat every relationship that I have with other people um, as a loving act in and of itself and that we are the controllers of the expectations that come within it. So I would never, for example, go out with a friend and just be like, oh, well, this is only one type of love. And that, for me, is very trapping. That's not something that makes me feel comfortable. If they become family one day, if you know they're married into my family, or we end up dating, or somehow I adopt them. I don't know, like... Yeah, no,
5: absolutely.
1: She's like, <laughs>
2: talking about the
6: changing states of love, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I wouldn't go at it. I, I don't think it's particularly healthy to say, oh, well, you can only fit into this one box word of love. I don't like putting limitations on love. But for me, that's because I feel very comfortable with having people say to me, no, this is the type of relationship I want with you. And that I wouldn't go into a relationship saying, I expect this of you, and if you fail to fit into this limited um, name of love, then we are no longer to relate.
6: Would you say, as a polyamorous person, you're more articulate in general as to defining things that other people might feel a little bit uncouth to mention specifically when it concerns love.
2: Oh, fuck yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there we go. I, I think relationship
2: counselors would come and they would just like jerk off to the, to the conversations I have with my partner. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, just make snappy. you feel. Yeah, uh, we're, we're very... I think you have to be. When you get into mass numbers and you're kind of communicating around the table about, you know, who's going to be with who when. The Google, Google calendars do come out, and yeah, it's very organized. Yeah. Now, do you, do you
6: think that monogamous people can have the same articulation?
2: Absolutely. Yes. I completely think that they can have the same articulation um, and that they also can have the same um, relation to the notion of love. So that they can go into mm-hmm. their monogamous relationships with the same idea of, I'm not going to bring expectations to you. We will discuss it and we will agree so that there is no assumptions around the word. I don't think that's something exclusive to polyamory. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Would you
1: say that that's the general direction uh, we're going in, or do you think we're going in the direction of the, the heart emoji?
2: Sweetie, are you saying, am I trying to make the whole of Berlin polyamorous? <laughs> yes, yes I am. I'm confirming <laughs> that right now.
3: <laughs> You've just converted this room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the book calendar out.
3: You're welcome. Into the rest of Berlin.
1: <laughs> so what I was trying to do to is the uh, polyamory
3: ripples. <laughs> the
1: uh, I, I I despise the the heart uh, emoji or the heart symbol wow. in general? Especially the pumping one,
6: right? There's one that moves. Yeah, so oh, that's I cool. love that one. No, Send
1: you though, that one. <laughs> I you. Please, Anissa. You you can't say emojis and not have a thrill a
4: little bit. What like what's, what's the problem with the heart?
1: The, <laughs> the, the, the association with the hearts. And emotion—the very similar. I have no idea what what, that very Western concept that your emotions come from here. Mm -hmm. Um, I find that that bonding of the two alien to me. It's symbolic.
3: It's, 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 you have to think of it as in symbolic, and we've, we've come up with all sorts of iconography around all sorts of complex um, uh, concepts that we can't understand, and then I, I find it kind of endearing that we've put a symbol to it. It doesn't necessarily, you don't need to read too much into it, but it's a symbol.
6: There's also some scientific background as to why the heart <laughs> is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: Please share it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no, it's, it's,
6: um, it's the... It's the extensive presence of serotonin in the gut. There is uh the nervous system is mostly outside of the brain. And uh and serotonin, one of the one of the, the hormones is very, very much attached to a lot of the way we feel good and bad, and certainly the way we feel familiar and unfamiliar with things, is mostly present in our gut. So there the, the gut is considered to be the second brain. And these feelings of heart, you know, versus has, has been, have been, a, you know, that's that's at the center point of writing for as long as we can go back. I mean, well, all right. Well, if, yes. if I can just
1: defend my point, and because I don't think it, I was conveyed it sufficiently, is that I remember coming to Europe and having as a child drawing hearts, and that's how I felt. And I was, remember earlier, before I moved to Europe, there wasn't the heart that I would draw. To what, you would you, just, what would you just, I just, what would you I just draw? wouldn't draw the heart, but there was a much, yeah. it was a different kind of love. It was community love. It was kingship. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, not absolutely. this. It was not this specific. And I think I'm trying to get close to the point. It wasn't this specific romantic notion mm-hmm. of love that I find I mean, limiting, which right. is the first point I made. Can you, you articulate it better, though? Because I yeah. am. I am. If you to- <laughs> 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 This part of the room is not <laughs> satisfied.
3: <laughs> well, You're <buying> okay. <laughs> um, Which is
1: the point I kind of alluded to at the very beginning was that i feel entrapped by not just the, the emoji specifically but what it what it represents and this idea that one word subsumes consumes all my emotions when it isn't mm. where i find it alien uh and not everybody assumes love and the heart mm. uh, together it's, it com- it's completely alien to me
9: can i just but sidebar quickly and just be like hang on
1: the symbol
6: for the heart isn't it- what the fuck
9: is that about? Like, it's not even a heart. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. actually
6: understand. We don't want to go there. It's terrible. Oh, is, is it really <laughs> I know, I know the, I know the etymology oh of it, and we don't okay. want to go there. Well, Doesn't it come know. from
3: a plant? Like, wasn't it oh, a no, seed? It I've, I've heard that it's a, it's a form of a seed that ancient Greeks associated with. That it was kind of opium, some opioid plant. Um, that they use this
8: tranquilizer and make them feel happy. <laughs> I, I, I just um wanna say something. Um what you said about like community love. I feel I've always found uh, I grew up in London and um Coming to Berlin, I felt like a similar thing. Um, I grew up feeling a real lack of community. And when I kind of talked about, you know, like being a transcended human, because I don't have a lot of friends, I, I didn't feel very connected to people around me. And when it was, yeah, and when it was, it was really clicky. You know what I mean? It was really, really like, yeah, we are like better than everyone else. And I gravitated towards punk music, and especially hardcore punk, because it was a really, really... It was a really, really strong community. It was amazing. Everyone... Just loved each other. I'd go to a show and I'd know thirty people. It was amazing, and I've thought, sought the same thing in Berlin. Um, I do think. I, I wonder what your experience is on an ISO, but I think, from my perspective, I've always felt community is lacking in Europe. A community mm. feeling, a community community love, a feeling of loving someone you've just seen walking down the street.
6: I would I would say that yeah, the sense of community should be at sort of a very close to the center, focal point of what we're talking about because. Uh, Partly because of this community co- podcast, right? Here for posterity. And the other thing is that, uh, yeah, the, 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 the idea of transcendent love that doesn't have necessarily to do with something that some people might call uh, materialistic love, which is only the other person or being attached to the other person. Or going getting back to the drug high analogy, uh, more the idea that, that you feel com- very comfortable. And, I, and that started for me in Berlin when I started going to certain nights hosted by a certain friend of mine. And, uh, and, and I started to feel belonging, and as which someone else said was very close to the word love, and, uh, and this sort of transcendent love, which I certainly felt in, uh, in punk rock and heavy metal circles myself. Um, the idea being that it doesn't necessarily attach itself to any particular Person or any one particular place or any turn. its just this feeling where mm. there's an association, and that is where I feel that transcendent love is probably most present amongst people who are not necessarily religious. Do, Sorry, go do, ahead. Does, does everyone think there's
9: a kind of universal, at least for the human race, um, that uh, music is a way of transcending beyond language, Agreed. transcending yeah. love yeah. beyond Agreed. language? Yeah. Uh, and then because I I would what you guys have said about communities centred around obviously in Berlin the poetry but back in Nottingham which is you know where I originated from from uni uh, my centre of friends was concentrated in this one bar which was the music bar in a very small city only 300,000 people and just the the one place everyone went to to play if it was their first time and you know this centre around music and the love of music was what Bound us together, and I'm just wondering if you guys think there's other, other, other things that transcend more than just language, and that can encompass love in something that doesn't have to be written down on a page. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, think
4: that kind of also goes back to naturalistic love. Yeah, right? and that, for example, yeah, the yeah, Japanese yeah. have the concept of like forest bathing, right, where you just go into a forest, and mm-hmm. then in being in nature, it's almost like you you have this reciprocated love between you and nature and nature and you and this so so yeah I would completely I completely agree with you when yeah. it comes to that yeah. yeah it's
3: the sense of communion and what we said earlier about belonging it's the sense that you are part of a whole and that you have purpose in that way and in and of itself that sense of communion is love because that's what we all are so love without
9: necessarily understanding Feeling, yeah, you
3: know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no definitely no understanding. <laughs> yes, isn't that like most of love? Yeah, like, we just don't most understand. Most of love it. we don't understand, <laughs> and I think yeah, we yeah, need to yeah. be comfortable with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>